Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we are continuing our D&D session. Uh, what is it called? The, the what's, what's the name of this session? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> Drowned Secrets. Ooh. Mysterious sounding. Oh, I, I think it's technically War of the Spark. Drowned Secrets. That would technically be the title, yes. I wonder why I would pick uh, the name Drowned Secrets to describe this adventure. I guess we'll have to find out. Because every time we cast a blue spell, someone's going to mill too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And last time on Drowned Secrets, uh, we had our three planeswalkers introduced to the story. One of them was fairly familiar, Ruse, the planeswalker who is played by Lorelai who was introduced in our Ikoria game previously, uh, was a showed up on Ravnica a little frazzled, unaware of what was going on, um, followed shortly by... That's Ruse all the time. If Ruse knows what's going on, something is wrong. Ruse was shortly <laughs> followed by Bindarin, a Lanoir mystic druid, who appeared very briefly, just suddenly on the street, very quick appearance, uh, looking a little out of place, who was followed almost immediately by Smurt, a goblin who is played by Jay. I don't remember if I said Bindarin is played by Brian, but Brindarin is played by Brian. Um, Smurt is played by Jay and Ellie, who is a goblin tinkerer, an artificer. And shortly after Smurt arrived, uh, you were all interrupted in meeting each other by an explosion. Ruse, you tried to leave with, you know, the big leave. And found yourself stuck the big on Ravnica. The big runaway. Uh, you found yourself stuck, unable to planeswalk away. And as you sort of found your footing ruse, you were being marched towards by an army of some sort of weird metallic blue undead monsters. Uh, you were momentarily saved uh, by an angel, a member of the Boros Legion who flew in and guarded you and was turned to dust by a mysterious stranger, leaving behind a glowing medallion, which Bindarin picked up. You ran away, as was the most wise decision you could make, and found yourselves in a nice, calm clearing before suddenly you all started to glow, and you were assaulted by an unending horde of these undead. At the very last moment before all hope was extinguished, You were saved by another mysterious stranger who somehow, I guess, turned back time on all of these monsters and reduced them to their base elements. And you were able to flee into a house where you met a mysterious stranger who introduced herself as Atrata before revealing a secret passage within the home. And that's where we're going to pick up. With the secret tunnel song? (laughs) Uh, Not a tunnel. So Atrata has just uh, kicked a device in the wall and revealed a trap door in the ground, which uh, has fallen down and become a stairwell. And she looks at the three of you and she says to you, come with me if you want to live. And then she turns and starts walking down the stairs. What are you doing? Uh, immediately push to the front of everybody to follow right behind her. <laughs> I I look up at Bendaren and kind of do a little shrug and say, yep mirrored back at you i'm like well all right what you gonna do things hit kind of hard so i don't want to be on the receiving end anymore so let's go i'm sticking with you tall tree boy 
Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that short green man. <laughs> Atrada is leading you down these steps, which seem to go into the walls of this home, into this building, I suppose, apartment of some kind, uh, and leads you down. There's not really any light to see by. Do any of you have dark vision? Yep. Elves naturally have it. Sure don't. Ruse, do you don't have... I believe goblins do, too. I'm pretty sure I do. I just don't know where I find it on my character sheet right now. It's underneath your passive perception, passive intelligence, and passive wisdom. Oh yeah, dark vision, 60 feet. Smurt and Mindarin, you can see what's happening. Of course, it's in these like shades of gray. Um, Ruse, you actually can't tell where you are. There is no light in this, this passageway. Um, you're sort of having to follow by the footsteps of this intriguing woman who is walking ahead of you. Um, she seems completely unbothered by the darkness and is moving with that sort of grace you would expect of someone who's walking a familiar passageway. Ruse, give me a dexterity check. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to say it. I think you have to say it. Natural one. No, I, I would have very loudly complained if I crave failed. <laughs> it's a nine. Uh, you find your, your footing gets a little unsure, and you trip a little bit, but you manage to stabilize yourself. Okay. Even with a nine, it's it's enough to, to not fall down a set of stairs. I was really just giving you an opportunity to roll a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> that That is cruel, and I appreciate it. I am a very cruel person. Uh, so you follow behind um, this, this stranger, and she leads you down this stairwell, and eventually she stops and uh, Ruse, you hear her footfall stopping and you stop as well because you don't want to run into her, right? That would be a problem. Uh, I'd probably bump into her a little bit. On purpose. She seems completely unfazed and she opens a uh, doorway and you see, finally Ruse, you see light pouring through as she leads the three of you into what is clearly a basement uh, room. And there's a torch lit on a wall there's a couple of lanterns in here as well. It's actually pretty well lit uh, as she lets you all sort of file through and uh, through this sort of stone archway that has uh, appeared there. And you notice that you're not alone in here anymore. You are Atrada, the three of you, and then two other individuals who are sitting on top of some boxes and a barrel. Uh, these two individuals, one of them appears to be She's wearing a robe of some kind. There's a metallic breastplate, some filigree. She's got several scrolls sort of tucked into these like little holsters along her robe. Um, very short, neat kept hair. And she is sitting on one of the boxes and then sitting on a barrel nearby is um, a man who looks maybe middle aged wearing what appears to be like khaki shorts and a button up sort of brown shirt and he has a, a satchel and atrada sort of motions for y'all to enter the room oh well hello i'm smart how are you the uh, other two individuals sort of perk up and the the man in the khaki shorts waves a hand and goes hello nice to meet you i'm bob he extends a hand to you i i shake his hand very quickly like looney tunes fast He's got a firm shake, and you you find yourself trying to, like, shake his hand really fast, and it doesn't, like, surprise him at all, and he just meets your pace. Oh, oh, 
I see you're a good handshaker. Excellent. This is my friend Bendarin. He doesn't talk so much. Bendarin will bow um, and say greetings. What is this place? Uh, oh, Calvin, stop. <laughs> he's he's underneath my desk and he was knocking. He, he like he stood up too fast and hit his head in my. Bob asks. Right Bob asks, "Who is Calvin?" Calvin is my <laughs> dog. He's a he's a very good boy, but he's scared of lightning. Is he like Moo? Is he a stone dog with no explanation? Other explanation? No, not quite. <laughs> Get Calvin a character sheet. He's in this game now. All right, let's roll up Calvin. Um, <laughs> No, that's not fair, because if you had a character who was a dog, I wouldn't be allowed to kill him. You would just always know that the dog would survive. <laughs> I, I, I see nothing wrong with this at all. I, I, would just, I would just grab the dog and hold it out in front of me the whole time. <laughs> Every time an eternal that's called plot is about to come down on my head, I just hold the dog in front of it, and Chris has to stop me. <laughs> oh... <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bendarn will bow graciously and uh, and uh, say, "What w- what is this place? Is this the sewers, the infamous sewers of Ravnica?" You hear uh, a laugh behind you as Atrada starts laughing, and she goes, "No, no, no! This is not the sewers. This isn't even close to the Undercity. This is just a little safe house that I was made aware of. You see, I'm an engineer with the city. I work on a lot of their public planning, especially." in relation to their sewers. And I know that this place exists, and I saw the trouble that was happening, so I grabbed some friends and brought them down here, and, well, I saw that you were in danger and figured you could use a safe place to hide out, too. Thank you so much. That's um, very kind of you. Oh, you're an engineer, too, huh? Well, I'm more of, like, a civil engineer. Oh. I'm not one of those uh, is-it engineers that you might be familiar with. Well, all right. Mostly city planning, sketching out where new sewer lines need to run, things of that sort. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, all right. You saved our lives, so all's well that ends well. I, I take both arms to kind of flare out the bottom of my, my pirate coat, and I do a really deep bow. And as I come back up, kind of holding my hand in front of me, and just kind of look at Trotta right in the eyes and say, Your kindness is appreciated. Uh, Atrada offers you her hand, and she smiles and goes, I would do it for anyone, but especially for you. Oh, that's good, because I'm me. Yeah, she she is. <laughs> I mean, at least I assume there's always, you know, mind control scenarios and, and all sorts of other things, uh, uh, mechanical implants, things along those lines that could make her, make them not themselves. But Hey, no. I, I cannot be mind controlled. Bindarn wants an insight check to see if there there's some uh, flirting going on here that he should try to <laughs> allow this this stranger that he uh, is worried that Spurt might be uh, blocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can roll me an insight check. Are you in, doing an insight check on Atrada to figure out if she's being flirtatious? Well, I, I feel like both because. Uh, like if if one side is not into it and the other or is not flirting and the other side is, I'm just gonna keep that information to <laughs> myself as well. Yep. I just love the concept awesome. of a character rolling an inside check to figure out if other people are flirting. <laughs> this these are some snap judgments y'all are making. <laughs> it's a fifteen. <laughs> so with a fifteen insight, Bindaran, you're sort of watching this encounter happening. You can tell that. Uh, Ruse is definitely being very friendly towards Atrada, and Atrada seems to be 
very friendly towards Ruse, but there's something with that 15, there's something off about Atrada. She's being flirtatious, but you don't know if it's very serious. Uh, and you can very clearly tell that Smurt is getting in the way of something. <laughs> well, seeing that I don't entirely trust either of the two thirties <laughs> entirely yet, and uh, I'm just going to let uh, Spurt continue to do his thing. <laughs> so what what are we going to do about the, the upstairs problem? Those bluish um, skeletons? Zombies? I, I, I couldn't really tell. Smart little guy. We're yes. downstairs. Upstairs problems are for upstairs people. We're downstairs people now. Not our problem. Considering we can't leave here, I, I think that it's wise to at least consider the option of what our next plan is. Ah, I believe it is time for science. And I try and planes walk away. Uh, the other people in the room watch as you sort of try and planes walk away but you you start focusing and you just look very focused your your eyes begin to like squint and you start to clench your jaw and nothing is happening you're not even getting that feeling that that ruse got earlier you just find that 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 magic just isn't functioning right now well there's definitely an etheric barrier in place at this uh bob stands up and he sort of you know puts his hands on his waist and goes, oof, boy, yeah, sure do I know. A lot of them creatures up there, real problem. Uh, hopefully the Boros are taking them out, though. I know I saw an angel flying one way, and uh, oh, once she's they dead. get those angels involved... Yeah, she 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 died in, like, seconds. It, it wasn't pretty. Oh, well, that's not good at all. I think we're probably all doomed. And then Bob sits back down. Uh, <laughs> the other, Thank you, Bob. The other person who's, uh, who's not said much at all, she sort of looks over at y'all and she goes, Are you, is it? Selesnia, um, and then she looks at Ruse and she goes, uh, um, Gruel? I'm an is it? Oh, God bless. Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, when I'm here. Are y'all not from the 10th district? Uh, let's go with yes. I'm gonna go ahead and say, while, while this conversation is going on, uh, y'all are finding some time to relax. The medallion that Mindarin has that allows for, uh, what are, I'm going to refer to as your heroic rests. You can take a short rest right now while you're sort of talking with each other, if you would like. Uh, during a short rest, any abilities that refresh on a short rest will refresh. Um, if you would like to heal, you can roll a number of your hit die uh, equal to your level or up to your level. And so you would roll that die and then add your constitution modifier to each roll and you will heal that much. Uh, I still have my Eldritch Cannon kind of riding my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I haven't dismissed it, and because it's a long rest thing, I'm not going to be dismissing it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. This is a short rest amount of time, unless y'all really feel dedicated to spending a whole hour having a conversation. No. Once you've uh, rolled your hit die and figured out how much you're healing by, you can also refresh anything that refreshes on a short rest. The three of you are sort of Sitting there, Atrada is just watching the the interactions between the three of you and, and her two friends that she's brought down here as well. She's being mostly quiet. Bob is, you know, he's just kind of sitting there, smiling, nodding along. He doesn't seem entirely uh, forthcoming. He's not asking a lot of questions. But this other person, this um, this woman in the robe with the scrolls, 
I would say Bindarin and, and Smurt, if you've been to Ravnica before, you recognize that she has got some Azorius symbols on her. <sighs> she is asking a lot of questions. I I want to take stock of the rest of the room, but uh, I'm trying not to let on as I'm trying to let on as little information about myself or my origins as possible, especially with the Azorius and mm-hmm. Atrada, especially since I, I glean that she's not being entirely forthright about things. So, yeah. So I would say, um, Bindaran, you have a really high passive perception. You have you know those elf eyes. You can tell that the only entrance and exit of this room that you can see is the one that you walked through. Now, you can imagine that that entrance was a secret entrance to this room. There might be a secret exit to this room as well. Um, You don't see anything that looks particularly like a door, though. But you do see some some areas along the wall that look like maybe where uh, some rocks have been filled in in a weird place. you would need to actually go investigate a lot closer to find any sort of entrances and exits. Um, but you're also deflecting these questions that are coming from this other uh, person, this Azorius, as she keeps asking you things like, well, if you're not from the 10th district, then which district are you from? I had a friend who grew up in the 6th district. Let, let me differentiate how I'm doing this. I'm not I'm not replying. I'm letting Spurt reply because Spurt likes to talk. So I do like that. I'm replying to the district question. I'm going to roll deception to say I'm from the 69th district. Oh, God. Nice. <laughs> roll me deception. Uh, that is a 17. The Azorius looks over at you, Ruse, and goes, what? The 69th district. The one that comes after 66? She, she's she's talking about the 69th district. It's 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 a reclamation zone out, out near the polar caps. Oh, I, I thought she was gruel. That makes sense. Yeah, I I, I, I look at Lorelai's character and just like give 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 her a look like come on lady. Lie better than that. Atrada is gonna step forward now and go, Well, now that we've all met each other, um did you ever introduce yourself, um, Barvisa? And the uh, the Azorius is gonna stand up and go, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Barvisa, I'm just a scribe uh, with the Azorius. Um I was just in the street, and and this woman saved me. There were there were so many of them. I don't even I don't even know what they are. And Bob goes, "Ooh, I'll tell you what they are. Bad news." He's right. They are bad news. <laughs> a scribe. Imagine knowing how to write. You don't know how to write. Why would I need to? Uh, okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I don't mean to be elitist or anything. Barvisa sort of shrugs, and Barvisa goes. I mean, she makes a point. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I apologize. Last campaign, you throw pretty girls at me. This campaign, you're throwing a writer, self-deprecating writer. Jesus, you are just... The attacks never end. (laughs) (laughs) So, real quick, while while all this is going on, I'm also going to, you know, because I'm a goblin, look for all the possible exits from this uh, area. So with your passive perception, you also don't see any obvious exits. You actually don't even see the stonework that uh, Bindarin saw that shows that maybe some entrances are along the walls here. Uh, if you would like to roll a, a perception check to see if you see anything more than that, you can. Uh, well, I also have urban infrastructure, which isn't a, a magical cure-all, but can I argue for uh, an advantage on this roll? 
Um, you know what? Actually, yeah, with urban infrastructure, you definitely would have advantage on this. And this is, is this perception or investigation? Unless you want to go walk along the walls and make it very clear you're looking for an exit, it would be a perception check. But if you were actually investigating, it would be an investigation check. I'll go with my 22. I'm not even going to roll that again. All right. Um, either way, you can very clearly see that there is a section of wall that is sort of opposite of where you came in from. Um, that is oddly the stonework appears to make what is about a, uh, if you go up six feet from the floor, there's a weird little lip in the stone where it kind of shifts a little bit. And then it's about three feet on either side of that as well, where there's this sort of stonework that looks like, you know, things were sort of stones were cut in half and laid weird. You could see that section opening up at any moment. As you're looking at it, uh, Atrada sort of steps forward and uh, clicks her boots on the, the stone ground. She goes, well, now that you've all met each other, um, I want to address the issue at hand, which is the roaming army on the city streets. Yeah, that's bad. I don't know anything about them, but they look to be killing people, and I don't want to die, and I know none of you want to die. So I am going to suggest um, we run away. I like this plan. Upstairs problems for upstairs people. I like this plan a lot. <laughs> there is a route that I know that can take us into the Undercity. Actually, would take us right into Karazda. I believe that these creatures wouldn't necessarily know how to navigate that maze, and we might be able to save ourselves by hiding there. But... The entrance I know of is uh, we might have to go along the street to get there. Oh, that's bad. We'll be very quiet. How do we get out of this basement? Whose basement is this anyway? It's our basement. It's just a basement. It doesn't matter who owns it. No one really owns a basement. Inside check. Don't trust Yeah, it. inside check. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, really. uh, 18. 12. Did you say 18? Yes. Uh, you can tell she's sort of deflecting, but you can't really pick up anything beyond that. Um, she's clearly trying to not answer the question that was asked. Um, she did mention earlier that it was a safe room, but that was about it. Y you know, of course people own basements. Who do I have to pay when I blow it up if someone didn't own it? Well, you're not blowing up any basement right now. What if I blow up this basement? Going to do Who would I have to pay? Is That's the one I'm asking. I just I just turned to smart. <laughs> you pay people when you blow their things up? What a <laughs> Bindar laughs like he's like. Uh. Well, I mean, it's not my money. It's the Orzov insurance contract. Those words mean nothing to me. Those premiums are very high. Atrada just sort of laughs and goes, that is so true ruse that is so funny you were just so funny and then she's gonna walk past you smirt and she's gonna place her hand on the wall that you were just looking at and the uh the brick starts to shift and the wall sort of lifts up and along those lines that you had noticed earlier um and she goes here's the deal there's a there's a fungal processing plant that's about two blocks away from here not very far i feel as if we move quickly and we move together, and we move with a purpose, we can get there very easily, very safely. And once we're inside, it'll be a piece of cake to get into the Undercity. I look at Bandar and, and I say, in, in an attempt to, like, whisper, 
Uh, I, 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 I don't know if I trust this lady, Bendaren. I don't know if I do either. She was talking about people not owning basements. Like, who, 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 who says that? Uh, she seems pretty to me, pretty trustworthy to me. <laughs> oh, hey, what's your name? My name? Yeah. Yes, your name. It's... 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 Roos? Hey, Roos. You want to hang out with us? In the basement? Um, listen, I'm real sorry I rode off on my giant spider friend earlier and kind of left you to die. I feel a little bad about that, so... You can, you can be part of our team now. I left her some web. Yeah, but I didn't. I left her to die. I guess that's fair. I, I would have been sad about it later, but, you know. <laughs> I'm going with the pretty lady. Which, which one's that? I can never tell with you people. Uh, Atrato waves her hand at you as she's been listening to this whole conversation. goes, hi. Um, yes, back to the conversation at hand. Are you the pretty one since you've been listening? I just want to be clear. I think I'm the pretty one, yes. Oh, okay. Besides, we have more important issues at hand, which is uh, getting away from these monsters. I know um, Bob, and she she motions to the man in the khaki shorts, says, of course, you'll be following me. Barvisa? And the Azorius scribe looks at her and goes, yes, I, I don't think it's safe to stay in one place like this for too long. And then she looks at three of you and says, shall we go? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll protect you, Azorius lady. Uh, I'm going to ask for a little bit of leniency in exchange the next time I might um, cut corners on code, though. She just nods and says, that's not really my department, but okay. All right, I'll take that as a promise. Let's go. <laughs> Atrada sort of walks through the doorway, and uh, for those of you with dark vision, you can see that this is, again, a unlit stairwell that seems to be leading up this time. Um, and she goes, now we'll have to be very careful and very quiet if you could all just maybe help me out and stay as inconspicuous as possible. That would really help. Um, are you all following her? Yeah, I'm, I'm following. Sure. Yeah. Bob stands up and he does some stretches and he adjusts his pack and he's like, oof, you know, I never thought a day just delivering packages would end up like this, but, you know, there's always something else in this job. And then he uh, just follows right behind Atrada. Uh, Marvisa looks over at you, Smart, and she goes, Are you sure you can keep me safe? I um I have my my little uh um my little cannon kind of crawl around to my other shoulder and aim and point at her, and I say, um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can show you how strong it is if you want, but uh I wouldn't recommend it. Okay then, let's I... go. <laughs> she follows behind you, Smart. Bindarn will chuckle and follow the lead, and I'll whisper in. I, I'll say to uh, the Azorius Mage, if he doesn't help, if he can't protect you, I'll try to. In the most comforting voice that I can. She just nods and says, The Celestia are always so kind to me. Oh, yeah. Bindarn's like uh, a real good fighter. Ruse, um, Atrada is actually like sort of way ahead of y'all now. I'm, I'm sure you're trying to follow. <laughs> You might have to push past, past some people to get to her. But at this point, if we're supposed to be sneaky, I'm going to roll stealth. So what we're going to do is like the last time, uh, I'm going to do this as a series of skill checks. So you can tell me how you're going to aid the group or yourself to stealthily walk about two blocks in the city. Um, Atrada leads you up the stairwell and sort of pops open a very oddly quiet stone door 
Um, it doesn't make any noise at all as she sort of opens it up in the side of a building and you find yourselves on the street. Um, I would say with your passive perceptions, each of you can hear in the distant, uh, in the distance, the sounds of screams and fighting and fire and some explosions, but nothing immediately around you except for maybe the sounds of some people walking. It might be some marching. It might be just people running away. Um, but the street that you're, you in, exit out on is perfectly clear. Uh, as a series of skill checks, I'm going to ask each of you to tell me how you personally are going to help this group get to your destination. Atrada is guiding you. She's told you the direction that you're going in. So you won't need to scout out necessarily where you're headed. But how would you help yourself or others get there? Uh, I will help myself get there. Uh, stealth, I'd be sticking to the shadows, staying low, creeping along walls. If I need to walk on top of like a little bankment or like hop over on top of a dead body. There's lots a, of dead bodies, by like the way. Like a roof or something. I don't whatever, <laughs> whatever keeps me from walking in the middle of the street and keeps me kind of out of street view i uh pick up some pebbles and i prepare to do some magical tinkering to them uh if we see somebody and have them emit like uh um a recorded message and throw them like away from where we are you know as like a distraction to draw people draw the eternals that way if we come across any all right, well, first of all, I'm going to do this one at a time. Uh, Ruse, roll me a stealth check. Uh, that is going to be a 23. All right. You are able to stay in the shadows and sort of creep low, and you uh, manage your footwork so that you're not stepping on anything that might make too much noise. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you're actually sort of guiding everyone else behind you um, Atrada looks very impressed with your footwork and your natural stealthy abilities. Um, and she sort of follows as you walk as well, stepping where you're stepping. Um, I will count that as a success. Uh, Smirt, you were creating this sort of device. Uh, I am imbuing like small, tiny, uh, tiny objects uh, to record like six second long messages saying over here over you know over here over here over here and just throwing chucking them as far as i can away from us uh like in in one general direction in case there's anyone nearby give me a oof, what would that be i'm gonna say a, a stone uh, tossing check obviously deception or I, I would say a sleight of hand check excellent actually because i'm gonna say that you know enough about your magic to know uh, how to make these rocks. 18. But throwing it might be the... 18. Okay. Um, I will keep that in mind. Uh, Bindarin, what are you doing to help everyone? I'm going to be, like, keeping an ear out for any troop movements that are coming up behind us uh, that might try to catch up with us. Um, you know, just be a rear guard and listening out for things, making sure we're not uh, suddenly beset by random undead ghoulies or whatever they are <laughs> all right i would say that is either a survival or a perception check that is a natural 20 for 26 that is uh very impressive so as 
sort of Ruse has taken the lead and stealthily leading y'all through these streets uh, with Atrada very close behind you, pointing you in the direction you need to walk. Um, Bindaran, at one point in time, as you're walking, you've made it about a block and you hear it, the sound of this marching army as they're coming along the street. They seem to be marching directly in your path and you realize there's probably no way you're going to just be able to get past them. You're going to have to go through them and at that point, Smurt sort of catches your gaze and you exchange a glance and you know each other well enough. And Smurt, you take one of those rocks and you toss it with all of your might and it flies over the rooftop next to you. And this is Ravnica. It's a pretty high rooftop. And you hear it clatter on the other side as you hear the stone emitting, hey, over here, hey, over here. And Bindaran, you can hear as the army stops and adjusts and starts running in that direction. And that gives you all just enough time to get past where they were marching. Um, so in terms of mechanics here, uh, the skill checks you all three passed, which I would count as a uh, full-on success, and you meet no opposition as you make your way to the fungal processing plant. Atrada sort of, you know, following with you, Ruse, very close by. Um, she signals to you that you've reached where you need to be, and you're outside of this factory-like building. There's this large, ornate gate ahead of you, uh, some doors on either side, and then what looks to be uh, a large sort of opening where you would expect, like, carts to come through um, that is closed off as well. The ornate gate looks like a, you know, an entrance for people, not for shipping containers or carts or anything of that sort. And she motions to it, and she motions to you, and she says, I have to, um, take care of the gate for a moment, if you could keep your eyes out. And she turns and approaches the gate and pulls out a device as she starts fiddling with what appears to be a, a lock on the gate itself. Um, Barvisa is sort of staring and watching, and Bob is right up there with her, sort of offering her little bits of advice. All of you, give me a uh, a perception check. Here's time for my nat once. Oh, actually did well. 21. 19. Uh, 16. So I would say all of you can, um, well, Ruse, you don't see it. Uh, you might see the reaction that comes from Bendarin or Smurt as you notice that Barvisa is not actually watching Atrada anymore. She's watching the three of you and she keeps casting glances over at you. Um, and she looks, she just keeps staring at you and looking back at you and looking at Atrada as she's sort of messing with the lock, and it seems a little unusual. Uh, can I get an insight check to try to figure out what she's trying to... Like, is she casing us to see how if we're going to be in a fight as they mug us, or like... Yeah, you can roll an insight check. Jeez, it doesn't... I'm not rolling well when, I'm at it, when it matters. 13. With a 13, you can't really tell, but you can see that she is... Um, you, you can actually see her looking back and forth... But you don't know what's wrong with her. There's something up, though. Is everything okay? I, I I have some magics that might be able to heal whatever that nervous tick is. I'm not I'm not nervous, Marvisa says. I'm just there, I mean, there's an army of, of undead monsters out there. How can you not be nervous? I mean, I'm I'm nervous about that. I'm just I'm just and she starts sort of whispering, she goes, I know you're not from around here. Whatever do you mean? I know the three of you aren't from you're not from here. Hey, hey. And she starts sort of backing away and she goes, I think, I think we may need to, I, I think we're more in danger with you than we're not. Hey, what? I'm not for certain. 
for 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 sure that I'm not from around here. So, you know, hey, right? Uh, Bob turns around real quick and goes, "Shh, y'all, shh. We're trying to pick a lock over here." I was just trying to say I have tested this cannon on many occasions, and it has a 99% reliability rating. Only 1% of the time does it explode and take out half a city block. It's very safe. Barvisa is like, I don't, I'm not scared of your cannon. I'm scared of... You should be. It's powerful. I worked hard on it. Bindarin, with your 16 <laughs> passive sorry, perception, <laughs> you, can, um, you can see that she is sort of reaching around... Um, yeah, you you can see her reaching sort of towards a scroll that is right tucked into her pack. Um, I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder and say, "What do you mean that you think we're you're in more danger with us than without us?" She pulls away from you, like flinches away, and she pulls the scroll out. And she goes, "I'm I'm sorry, but but," and she's now she's not whispering anymore. She goes, "He's looking for you. I know what he's looking for." If I want to live, I have to protect myself. I'm, I'm sorry. And she goes to un like roll the scroll. Um, and um, yeah, I am going to. Oh gosh, I don't... can I sleight of hand to try and grab the scroll from her? Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be a twenty-one. All right, twenty-one sleight of hand. Let me roll her opposition to being caught there. Mindarn is going to try to grapple her once that's... Um, so, Ruse, you reach out and you grab the scroll from her hand before she can finish unrolling it. Um, she seems a little shaken by the situation. If you were going to try and grapple her, Bindarin, uh, is that what you want to do? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of like... I, I, I need to know more about what she's talking about because she seems to know more about this situation than the, than the rest of us now, so... All right, give me a uh, attack roll. It's not very good. That's just a ten. I'm a, I'm assuming it's a strength, right? Yes. Yeah. Ten. Uh, so you sort of reach out to grab her and pull her towards you. I have my proficiency. Would I add my yes. proficiency? Um. Um. So I'm gonna say you can add your proficiency here. I don't think it's gonna matter. <laughs> um. She has an AC of fifteen. Um, so you reach out to grab her and your, your hands get caught on her robe and you can't really get a grip on her and she's backing away. She no longer has the the scroll and she goes, we know what you people are. You're not welcome here. You're not supposed to be here. This is a problem and he's going to, he's going to get rid of it and he's going to fix this problem. Who's he? Who are you talking about? Dovin has promised to me that if I just turn you in to, and her voice is sort of rising, if I turn you into the Senate, then everything will be okay. And I'm going to uh, wild shape into that mm-hmm. giant two-headed spider again, and I'm going to attempt to web her, focusing on her face. So because she's making too much noise now, you wild shape into this monster. Um, very, and it sort of startles her for a moment, and she seems shocked. Uh, Give me how is the how does the web work? Is that an attack roll? Uh, no, she needs to make. Uh, actually, yes, it is an attack roll. Okay. Could one say that it was with advantage because it was a surprise? She didn't see that coming. I, I will say she was sort of caught off guard. You could do it with advantage. Um, that is a natural one, and a plus five to hit. So that is a fifteen. 
Uh, a 15 hits her AC exactly. The web comes out and sort of wraps around her mouth. You see her stumble back. She sort of grabs up at the web, and then she stops and just goes rigid for a moment. Even with your passive perception, Bindarn, you didn't notice this, but suddenly Bob is directly behind her. And he sort of puts a hand on her shoulder, and you can hear him push her forward as she sort of falls to the ground. Uh, she clatters a little bit, but the noise doesn't seem much louder than anything else around you. Um, and he's holding in his other hand a very wicked-looking curved dagger. And he just goes, she was just making too much noise. We have to focus. And he walks back over to Atrada. That wasn't very nice, Bob. We had this under control. I like your dagger. And he, he looks down and he goes, oh, I didn't even realize I had this. Uh, do you want it? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually missing one. And he holds it out to you, Ruzi. He goes, yeah, I've got plenty of them, I, I guess. I mean, my wife always packs my bag before I leave in the morning. <laughs> um, she just puts so many of these in there. Wow. God, you're so lucky. I, I, I look at Ben Darn and I just say, like, still st- like a stage whisper, you know, obviously because I have no volume control. I say, uh, uh, Ben Darn, I'm not sure Bob is who he said he was. Bindarin, even as a spider, looks aghast. He wasn't trying to kill her. So wait, is uh, she dead dead? She's very much dead. She's dead dead. Oh. He has he has stabbed her directly through her spinal cord. There's nothing moving there. So so he gives me this dagger? Yeah, it is a uh it is a plus one dagger. Okay. Congratulations. Um as he walks back over to Atrada, who sort of has been looking over her shoulder at this. Largely, you don't know, you never noticed her sort of break any sort of concentration. Um, and she goes, aha. And she pushes the two gates open and they move silently. And she goes, oh, we should probably go. I, I, I wipe the blood off of the dagger on, on the outside of my coat and kind of tuck it in, uh, into my jacket next to the yellow one. And I cut a, um, Close up the scroll and put it under my arm. Atrada goes, now, this is the plant. If you would all please follow me very quietly. I think it was abandoned uh, a while ago, but there's an entrance here to the Undercity. Um, and she sort of motions for you to follow. And Bob goes, you know, actually, I think um, I think I'm going to head home. This has been a lot of fun, but I've got uh, some important stuff to take care of. The uh, And he sort of looks at his wrist and there's nothing there. And he goes, the missus is expecting me anytime. Bob, Bob, wait, wait, come back. Uh, he he turns on his heel and just starts walking down the street. Uh, Bob, uh, he, he, I kind of whisper like, shout, "Bye, Bob." He waves over his shoulder at you and turns a corner. Atrada just motions for him. She goes, "Don't worry about him. He's fine. Just he's always like this." Come on, we've gotta we've gotta go. There's some entrances here. Uh, this was an old fungal processing plant. You see, they would bring the fungi up here. It would be processed and distributed throughout the whole city. Uh, it's very fascinating. As a civil engineer, I'm very interested in these sorts of things. Uh, 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 I'm not so sure you're a civil engineer. Why? Because I'm a woman? Yeah, because she's a woman? I honestly, honestly... terrible of you. Gosh, you're an awful, awful little creature. Come on now, let's go. Uh, And she walks towards the entrance (laughs) uh, through a door into this, this plant. Um... Assuming you all follow her inside very quickly and don't make too much noise, you have successfully navigated without alerting any of the monsters of your location. 
Um, she sort of moves you all inside to this processing plant. It's dark. She seems unbothered. Smurt and Bendaran, you have dark vision. You can see a lot of this processing floor. Um, Ruse, you can't see anything. But Atrada does pull out a uh, weird lantern. It's very small. It was sort of uh, clipped to her belt, and you didn't even notice it before. Um, and she hands it to you, and it sort of lights up with this spectral uh, light that fills the room, so you can all now see. And she goes, now the entrances to the Undercity are right over here. You see they're in the very back. She points to these giant pipes. So she goes, I can't promise it's going to be a very easy trip down, but we should be able to safely get to Karazda. So, question. Uh, I was wild-shaped to that giant two-headed spider. Was, would I be able to fit through the door? Uh, yeah, okay. you could fit through the door. All right. I'm just going to say yes. You're still a spider at the moment. Cool. <laughs> she seems completely uninterested in you as a spider. I, I would imagine that most of the pathways into Golgari territory probably can accommodate giant bugs. Yeah, I wasn't worried about the pathways. I was worried about the door mm-hmm. specifically. Oh, well, that's fair. So I guess after Bindarn kind of gets over his shock that she was killed, because he, was, he wasn't trying to kill her, he was just trying to shut her up. But uh, mm-hmm. after he gets over that, I guess he follows her in. He, he kind of pulls the body in just to make sure that there's no like external sign that anyone was here uh-huh. and he'll close the door with his spider legs and uh, and uh, put the body in front of the door to try at least try to make it a, a roadblock in case any of the, the, the zombies or whatever they are uh, try to follow them in or something. Yeah. Uh, well, it's built to city code, so the door would open outwards. Okay. Because um, <laughs> the city of Ravnica is very safe. Uh that's a little bit of building code joke there, because any doors that open to the external would open inwards. Uh, but in Ravnica, I'm going to say they open outwards, because why not? Um, so uh, she sort of leads you all towards the back where there's these uh, large pipes that clearly there's this grime and fungus that's grown around them. Um, it looks very slick and kind of gross. Uh, and she sort of motions to him. She goes, this is the only way to Karazda, I know. Um, it should keep us relatively safe. I'm aware that there's um, no way that those monsters have made it down there quite yet. So after you. Uh, um, listen, Atrada, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, my name might be smart, but I'm not dumb. I, I'm going to ask you to go first. She sort of shrugs and she goes, I mean... If you want me to, and she sort of hops up deftly onto the pipe and then falls backwards into it, and she disappears from sight. I'm not so sure I want to follow. God, she's great. She's <laughs> kind of like standing there, bewildered, biting my lip a little. I, uh, I, can, can Bandaran talk as is? No, I cannot. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast a message. I'm gonna point at, uh, Bandaran and cast a message and say, what do you think, what do you think we should do? I mean, I can understand you, I just can't respond to you w- with a language. Well, casting message, yeah, that's, I, I get a message back from you. Okay. Uh. Oh, wait, wait, no, you have to, it's a whisper, I'm sorry, no, you're right, you're right, you have to be able to whisper. And then I go, oh, so, I'll just do it in character. Smirk goes, alright, you can't talk. Ah. I'll draw, like, is it dusty in here? Blink eight times for we should go, and 16 times for we should leave. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ben Darn will raise two of his front legs and then shrug. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben Darn, what is your what is your passive perception as a spider? Does it stay the same? Uh, yes. Uh, well, as a spider, you hear the sounds uh, coming from outside, as you can sort of hear these monsters. Probably you hear someone marching very ominously through the streets outside of this building. I'll pick Spurred up with, with my two front legs and then climb toward the pipe. Oh, down it is. Let's go. Uh, Ruse, are you going to follow Atrada down the pipe? Uh, yes. Um, so y'all sort of climb into this pipe, and it is a very slick, very slippery ordeal. Um, you find yourself less walking down the pipe and more sliding along this sort of gunk that's built up around it. Um, remarkably... The metal itself is very smooth, but the grime and ooze that sort of grown up on it uh, means that you have no really foot purchase. Um, so you do just sort of find yourself sliding along. There is a line that appears to look like maybe Atrada has slid down this pipe ahead of you. You slide for a good bit. I want to try sliding standing up, almost like I'm <laughs> surfing on the slime. Uh, give me a dex roll. <laughs> give me a dex saving throw as you try and stand up and surf on the slime. Uh, 18. Chris's tone. Uh, <laughs> with an 18, I will say that you can sort of bend low and and maintain a standing position as you slide along this pipe. Hell yeah. It's a pretty large pipe. It's like a good like 10 feet in diameter. This is where the sea legs help. You can also, You can stand up. I would say that uh, Bindaran is a giant spider. You can't really walk through the pipe, but you do like have a pretty good control of your own pace and your speed. I have more points of contact to keep myself steady. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you'd have six because you have two points holding. Well, uh, no, I was gonna like put like try to put uh, what's call it onto my thorax, I guess. All right. So then you have eight feet all sticking to the sides. Um, so you and, you and Smirk can go relatively nice pace. Um, Ruse, you find yourself moving faster and faster as the pipe, you know, is at an angle and you're picking up speed, uh, and it spits you out onto a pile of moss, maybe question mark at the very end. Um, and you can, as you land, you sort of poof into it, uh, sending up spores all around you. And Atrada is sort of standing about 10, 15 feet away. Um, she looks perfectly clean. And she goes, oh, good. You made it down safe. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Um, we're not going to do it again right now. But maybe in the future. She sort of gives you a smile showing off those fangs. A couple of seconds later, uh, depending on how quickly you want to go, Bindaran, you and Smirt can also sort of clamor out the end of this pipe. Sure. I mean... I have a climb speed of 30, so I'm not I'm not trying to rush it, but I'm being careful not to slip because I don't want to fall on top of anybody who's already reached the end of this pipe. Yes, it was very, uh, very, very good of you to turn into a spider because you do manage to just very calmly and gracefully step out of the pipe. Um, and you're all sort of standing there and Atrada goes, perfect, you all made it. Okay, um, as far as I can tell. I, I, I kind of look around and go, oh, wait, wait. Where's the elf guy? Oh, he's 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 the spider now. He got eaten by the spider. Oh, that's that's a shame. Bendaran shakes both of his heads. 
he transforms. That, that that's him. Oh, that's weird. You are so cute. Anyways, speaking of being cute, um, I think you've already figured out that I'm not exactly telling you everything I know. Well, obviously. I think that now that we're here and we're safe, this is a safe space here in Karazda. There's no Eternals here. I want to let you know, um, I know that you're Planeswalkers and you're not from here. Put that on the table. <gasps> I'm, great. I'm glad I've opened up about that. Now I want to open up about something else well, with you. Like I said, I'm not sure I'm not from here. So. Was it the 69th district lie? Was that what got us? Um, it's more about knowing a little bit more about what's happening. You see, there's someone here, one of you, in in Ravnica, who is looking to, we think, um, kill you. Well, that's not good. And I know a lot of this because you were all betrayed. You see, down here in Karazda, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the Undercity, there is a place called Svogthos. Yeah, Drad, Drad uh, rules the Golgari down here. Oh no, not anymore, not for a little while. You see, they're now run by a woman named Vraska. She's one of you. The serial killer? Yes, and I'm here to kill her. Uh, um... And that's where we're going to end the session. Um, um... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Final thoughts. Uh, I'm glad we got to play our characters a little more. Uh, I really wanted to be an obnoxious goblin, and I think I've succeeded on that front, <laughs> y'all. There are non-obnoxious goblins? Uh, hey. <laughs> hey! One of our live listeners just said, and you played your character, too! <laughs> That's my <laughs> final thought. I'm done. Uh, my final thought is, where your fucking masks stop going outside your home we're still in the middle of a pandemic things are getting worse get back inside what are you people doing i had to leave the house today for a doctor's appointment and people are everywhere and they should not be anywhere and it's ah so what i will say is uh existing during a pandemic is all about managing risk Wearing a mask, wearing it properly over both your nose and mouth is a very important mitigation factor. Uh, not going to crowded places if you don't have to is another important mitigation measure. And remember, the six feet rule isn't a magic invisible barrier. It is the uh, bare minimum for like 15 minutes. And the longer you spend, especially in an enclosed space like a restaurant, uh, the riskier it gets. Or say a uh, gaming store. <clears throat> uh, my final thought is that black lives still matter and uh, arrest the guys who killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah, fuck, what the hell is up with that? Just arrest them. Jesus Christ. My final thought is in the same line. Uh, it is July now, but that doesn't mean uh, everything that happened in June stopped happening. Um, there's still lots of protests going on, still lots of people who need help. And please keep giving as you can and helping people. I also just thought of another final thought. I do want to give a shout out to my friend Jesse Callahan, who's helped me write a lot of this adventure. Um, I feel like I need to give him some uh, a shout out because he's been incredibly helpful and has really helped make this into what it is. So thanks, Jesse. And everyone who's listening can look him up. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize you were listening in the live listen chat. So my friend Jesse has joined our live listen tier, which you can too. How about Lorelai? Why don't you tell everyone about our... Uh, how to support our show. That was the best segue we've ever had.
you can head over to patreon.com slash the cast <laughs> to help support our show. Normally, the money goes to maintaining professional accounts that we need or equipment or expenses buying things um, such as books. I think a lot of our book purchases purchases have been through the show. Um, so all, all that kind of stuff keeps this show running. Uh, for the month of June, we donated um, about $244 to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, a group that is working to uh, unite and empower black trans communities around America. And, you know, that that is something that is only possible by our, our patrons. Um, and so we want to especially in this episode thank everybody for kind of making that happen um i we've been posting the donation link for that charity over the past month and change and i hope some folks out there have also supported it on their own because i've been trying to encourage that uh you know beyond beyond just knowing that we are doing the thing uh everyone can go do the thing as well and uh, everyone who joins our Discord community gets access to our... Did I say Discord? Everyone who joins our Patreon gets access to our Discord community where Vorthoses from around the world are coming together and hanging out. We've got um, a really fun little community with a lot of really great people, and we would love for more folks to be part of that. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. <laughs>